You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Um, we'll hear Brody on the beat coming up, uh, Canada's number one radio segment, and I don't think there's any doubt. And apparently um, Brody on the beat, uh, listeners, people who track Alex Brody to see where he is, um, are looking for prizes now. <laughs> People are like, no, it's not good enough to get on the radio. I want something in return for my answer. So I think we need to order 10,000 lanyards yeah. to maybe fill up that whole order. Lanyards. And then we're good. Stickers, keychains, mechanical yep. pencils. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Ooh, a mechanical fun, pencil? Fun-shaped erasers. So like a mechanical pencil, when you fire that thing out and then press too hard, it just snaps right yeah, away? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's stickers it's really of Alex's face or something like that. Yeah. I like that. That'd be a yeah, light. We need Brody on the Beat merch. We need like a Brody on the Beat logo. And like when somebody like like somebody answers a Brody on the Beat question, you like put a sticker on them, Alex. Like a seal of approval. Yeah. yeah. Like you just slap it on their jacket or something. Yeah. Congratulations. Here you go. Here you go. I'm not sure if our listeners would be keen on you touching them and putting stickers on them, but maybe some would. Some might. It's worth a try. You always got to yeah. ask first. Absolutely. But, yeah, something like uh, that. We'll we got we to come up with something. Yes. Uh, we'll hear some Brody on the beat. Uh, we'll also hear some text messages. The Flames have yet to win when trailing heading into the third this season. I have a better chance of blank than the Flames do for a comeback win. 960, 960 name and location. Uh, Calgary, by the way, 0-13-2 this season when trailing into the third period. Luke Gazdick, NHL analyst on Sportsnet, former NHLer at the bottom of the hour. Julie Stewart-Binks, New York Rangers TV host, SNY, NBC Sports, Series XM at the top of the hour. But Flames lose 5-2 to the Red Wings last night. And again, that's 5-7 and seven now losses for your Calgary Flames. And last night's game was super frustrating just based on the lack of effort after the first 10 minutes of the game. And last night, uh, to add further uh, fuel to the fire, uh, because uh, Daryl Sutter's trending on Twitter this morning, uh, Alan Walsh, the agent of Jonathan Huberto, uh, released a tweet. Uh, let's get the help of PA, uh, PR Patricia here uh, to read the Alan Walsh tweet last night that's making some news. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Also, negativity sucks the joy right out of the players. CC, NHL Flames. Okay, Alan Walsh. Because clearly he's Huberto's agent. And this is a definite, a direct shot at the coach. Yeah, so he and- would have had uh, a cup. Many several reasons to watch the game yesterday because he's also the um, agent for David Perron and Philip Peronik, who were part of that game yesterday. But further to your point, uh, yeah, this is uh, this one's not veiled. This is very much like when uh, Mark Andre Fleury was in Las Vegas and Alan Walsh didn't agree with how the coach was going about doing certain things. Yes, yes, yes. The uh, old uh, stabbing in the back with the sword and the. And that was and a shot directly at Pete DeBoer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, again, if you think, like, how, how many fans do you think out there believe that Jonathan Huberto's lack of production is Daryl Sutter's fault? I'm sure there's some, but I'm not buying it. 
I'm really not, and here's why. He only has 12 points on the power play. He was brought in here to be that guy, to, to run the power play, be a power play specialist, led the NHL in assist, had north of 100 points last season, sure. He has 12 points on the power play this season, Matty. Had 38 last year. That's a big drop. Yeah, and I know there's 27 games left in the season, and he's played 52, but that's a big drop-off. And has Jonathan Huberto been that dynamic passer on the power play this season? No, he hasn't. And he's had plenty of opportunity to shine with the man advantage, and he hasn't. And to say that this is Sutter's fault, that Huberto has disappeared for a lot of games, I just, I'm not buying it. I'm really not. And just, I, I look no further than Johnny Goudreau, the guy that, Played under Sutter, took a few years to get acclimated to his system, but the guy's a, a point producer, cashed in big time, going to Columbus. Matthew Kachuk continues to score big time for the Florida Panthers. These guys were part of the best line in hockey last season under Daryl Sutter. I just, I'm not buying the tweet from Alan Walsh last night. Like, here's the thing, though. Um, there's a couple things here that I can kind of, I'll, I'll hear arguments on. Like, for instance, negativity sucks the joy right out of the players. I think that it's really important because, frankly, if you go back and you watch teams when they are having success, what is one thing that you can always tell about the team is that they're having fun. And as simple as that is and as grade school as that might sound, I think that's important. I think that there has to be instances where you have to take a moment and appreciate the fact that You've got a pretty sweet life because you get to play in the NHL. You make good money playing in the NHL. And frankly, you get to play a game for a living. And if you're not having fun while you're doing it, I think that can affect people mentally. And I think that we all know that if you're not mentally into your job, it is harder to go out and perform your job at an elite level. So I can buy into a certain aspect of that for sure. But then the other argument would be, what happened last year? Why did it work last year? Was that a factor of all of the players being there before Daryl arrived? And as a result, they were all tight-knit before Daryl got there, and they had that to fall back on? And now that Daryl's been there a lot longer than some of the veterans in the group, is there perhaps a little bit of uh, a difference? Is there maybe a is this locker room maybe not as tight as we used to hear all the time last season? I could hear I I could I could be convinced we're on the locker room. We don't know that for a fact. But I think that that's a, a reasonable thing to be discussed. You know, as far as doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, yes, by definition, that that is what insanity is. I'd be interested to know what it is exactly that he's referencing there as far as what it is the team is doing over and over and expecting a different result. Uh, I can't tell you how much overrated... Um, fun and people liking each other in a in a locker room or dressing room environment is teams that hate each other have won championships. Mike, you know it's fun winning. Winning's fun, and you're a professional athlete and you're paid to produce. And to say that there's too much negativity and that's the reason why Jonathan Huberto is struggling. So let's just go back to last year quickly here, Matty. Uh, when he had a lot of fun playing for the Florida Panthers in that pond hockey style they were playing in FLA, uh, Jonathan Huberto, one goal, four assists, and 10 playoff games. 
That's not very good for a guy who was uh, fresh off a 113-point season. Was he having fun in the playoffs when they were getting crushed by the Lightning? Probably not. Right. So enough of the fun, Alan Walsh. Uh, I just don't buy it. Winning is fun. Yeah, but you have to be in right? a good mental place to go to your job sure. and enjoy it. And it might not. Sure. sure, I might be oversimplifying things by saying you have to have fun. But if there right. is a hard environment and a player and a coach are not getting along, and that has become something that to the point that the agent is tweeting stuff out like this, then it's obviously a factor. I think. Uh, sh- Sure, it it could be a tiny, tiny factor. I wasn't here last year during the Flames season. Uh, but tell me, did anybody ever say the Flames weren't having fun when they were winning the division? No, that's my point. They were enjoying themselves. But that was what I said earlier. I think that part yeah. of that is that they were Winning's all there. Fun. They were all yeah. there before, and they all knew each other, and they were a tight-knit group. Sure. And now you have but something coming. They were also in. playing under this coach. And that doesn't like, mean that they had to enjoy everything that Daryl was doing. Sure. I just think winning that, cures all. Just winning cures all. That's all it is. Yeah. But I think that these two things go in hand hand in hand. Sure, winning cures all, but they're not winning right now, so what are you going to do? You're just going to keep breaking down the players? Tell them to go out and do the same thing that I keep telling you to do and you're obviously not doing, so I'll just keep making you feel bad. Like, Don't get me wrong. I am not a huge Alan Walsh supporter, but I think that there could be legs to something here in the sense that sometimes a different approach is needed for certain players. Sure. Or um, the Flames made a mistake acquiring Jonathan Huberto. <laughs> okay. Like I, you honestly think you think if Brad Tree Living could do it all over again, he makes that trade. No, probably does. Well, he probably makes the trade. Does he sign him because of because of the package he got? Because he, but I mean, like giving that Jonathan Huberto deal that has him through thirty to thirty one. You think the Flames are doing that again? I don't think that they'd sign him to the extension, but I think they'd make the trade again for sure. Yeah, because they got two assets that are playing right now. Yeah, and first. the first round pick and a prospect who's having a yeah. decent year down in Calgary, down with the Wranglers, and, and and their hands were tied with a limited amount of teams. Yeah, that Kachuk would go to. And I get you had it. already signed all these other players around your roster. You had Markstrom for four more years at six mil. You just brought in Blake Coleman. You have Anderson and Hannafin on win now deals because they're not going to get cheaper over the next three years when they're both up for contracts. You have Brand or Chris Tanev playing at a level that he's not going to be able to sustain the way that he put the rigors that he puts his body through. And that's a contract that's going to end sooner rather than later as well. Like when you looked at the roster, you couldn't say, all right, two guys left. We don't believe in the rest of you. We're, we're, we're done. And when an offer like this comes to the table and you have a guy who had 115 points last year and a defenseman who had Norris trophy votes last year, and not like one dude in Florida. Yeah, make the deal. Plus the first rounder, plus Cole Schwind. And the first rounder's um, way down. But like, if you want to talk about the extension for Huberto, I'll listen to that all day. But I think they make this deal every day of the week. When it comes to players on this team that uh, their agents shouldn't be going out there 
and trying to defend them, I think Huberto's at the top of the list. Like if Tyler Toffoli's agent came and said something, okay, because he's been their best winger this entire season. I, I could buy that. But again, he has had stretches of games where he's invisible. And that's not good enough from a guy that's supposed to be carrying the load offensively for your team. And it's not like he hasn't had plenty of opportunities playing with the better players on this team. Like, they tried to make Lindholm and Huberto work when Lindholm was part of the best line in the NHL last year. Mm -hmm. And it was supposed to be an easy transition to have Huberto play on his wing. That hasn't worked. So what do they do? They put him with Kadri, who's another very good player, and he's not producing. So, yeah, you can point the finger at the coach. You can say all this about not having fun. And I get it, especially early on. It's a big adjustment going into Canadian market where all the pressure's on you, all the eyes are on you. It's a different city. It's a different conference. It's different teammates. We're all human beings. They're not commodities. I can hear all of that. But we're at the point with Jonathan Huberto this late into the season where we need him to produce, and he just hasn't. Like, he is going to, he's on pace, what, to score 60 fewer points this season? Like, that's an enormous drop-off. Can he bounce back and be that guy? You hope so, because you have him here for the for the years and years. You have him here for the next decade, essentially. Mm -hmm. But that's a guy that they just need more from, period. Well, and you... for your agent to go out there and try to, like, you know, defend the guy who has – he hasn't been good. Like, if you can go out there and say there's stretches where Jonathan Huberto's dominating for the Flames, and he goes out there and say this, he's not having fun, sure, I'll buy that. But he's been invisible in games, Matty, invisible. Yeah, there's been stretches where he's been invisible, for sure. Like, here's my thing with Jonathan Huberto. This has been a bad year. This has been a bad year. But can he get back to some resemblance of last season? Is he going to be a 110-point guy again? Doubtful. Doubtful. But is there a way that he can become a 100-point guy? Point-per-game player? Without a doubt. But the question is, how do you get that working? How do you get that to happen? Yeah. Well, Luke, Luke Gazdick's straight ahead. Uh, he's fresh out of playing in the NHL. We'll ask his thoughts of uh, of an agent coming up. And, uh, again, hey, that's Alan Walsh's job. Uh, look out for his boys who's making him some crazy bank. And good for Alan Walsh. Uh, we'll get Luke Gazdick's take on uh, the tweet from Alan Walsh last night, uh, get his thoughts on that, and uh, fun in the dressing room. How much does that matter? How much does that translate to success on the ice? Julie Stewart-Banks, New York Rangers TV host, SNY, NBC Sports, Sirius XM. Uh, text line's also wide open right now. We're asking you because the Flames now 0-13-2 when trailing into the third. The Flames have yet to win. When trading into the trailing into the final frame this season, I have a better chance of blank than the Flames do for a comeback win. You want to do some uh, text from our Sportsnet 960, the fan text reading robot, Texty McTexterson? Oh, yeah. All right, let's fire him up, Alex. Andrew from West Hill Burst. This, I have this, a better wait, chance this isn't of texty. winning a Powerball Stop lottery. Stop it right now. This is not Texty McTexterson. Is this his sister? Yeah, sorry, George. Texterina? We should be good now. All right, let's do it. No name. 
I have a better chance of getting late again than the flames have a chance of coming back in the third. I'm on a different computer today, so I don't have the go-to texty. I'm sorry. There's always an excuse every morning. It's just stuff sometimes. It's tough. Texty took the day off with Duma. Let's just say that. It's so tough every morning. At least give me a heads up if we're using a different one. I thought I had the right one. I'll be honest. But. Yeah, okay. Cuz again, now I sound like a dick again. <laughs> no. Cuz I'm giving no. you cuz I'm giving you S on the radio. Now I sound like the bad guy. <laughs> no, no, no. This is this Right? Is... Don't I not sound like the bad guy now? No. You sound like the it's bad like guy. Like I wanted Texty McTexterson and then I hear these imposters who are Texty McTexterson. Oh, Fakes, God. phonies, fakes, fugazis. All right, who's go ahead. What's it? Read some of these fake ones that you're trying to pass off. You know what it is, Alex? It's like you were trying to cheat on an exam, and I just busted you for it. That's a good analogy, oh, look, honestly. You got your answers on your wrist here, hey? Oh, great. You have them all written on the bottom of your shoe, Alex. Busted. Right to the principal's office. Man. All right, go ahead. Let's read Wedley and Bridlewood. I have a better chance at paying my Columbia House bill this is than the Flames getting a comeback win. Isn't all right, he's a listener. Wedley's one of our one of our favorites. Yeah, very inside Eric baseball. Francis, Loves the meta. Yeah, Eric Francis owes a ton of money to Columbia House. All right, keep him going with this uh, texty imposter. Big Mike and Maple Ridge, I have a better chance of waking up with my head sewn to my ass than the Flames have of mounting a third period comeback win. <laughs> That'd be a tough wake up, Mike. Yeah, That'd be a tough one to wake up to. What the what? Whoa, my own. S- Never mind. We'll go yeah. there. All right. Now let's get it. Let's get a couple more here. This is the last the one I got beat. for now. Okay. Good. Ray in Calgary. I have a better chance of attracting women by my looks alone than the Flames oh. have with making a third period comeback. Ray, I'm sure you're handsome. Oh. I don't know why he's disparaging his looks. That's. Come on. It's Friday, Ray. Keep your chin up. Yeah. Keep your chin it's a up. Long weekend. Yeah. On the precipice of a long weekend. Maybe go get yourself a nice haircut, hit the town. I'm sure you'll yeah. be fine. Come on. Is there more of a chance of us using Texty McTexerson when Patrick's not here than the Flames have when winning, oh. when trailing into the third period? I got one more for you, George. All right, go ahead. I have a better chance of hearing Texty McTexerson Curtis. Nice. There you go. Yeah, that's, that's a zero chance here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Again, I always sound like the the Richard. Uh, I just, you know how much I like excuses. I really like them a lot. Yeah, dime a dozen, George. Yep. All right, uh, Alex. Uh, do we have Brody on the beat though? Alex, is is, is that going to happen this, this morning? W- like this the real Brody on the beat? <laughs> it's another phony. Are you going to try to pull a fast one on me here? Did you? Try to, you know you can never sneak anything by me. You know that, right? <laughs> it's it's going to be John the intern asking all the questions. <laughs> yeah. I thought John the intern was going to do the Rose Report today after opping the show yesterday. No, no. Okay, no, good. No, no. GVP is right. just learning how to do it, so we kept GVP. Back. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, let's do the uh, the number one segment in Canadian radio, uh, Brody on the Beat, uh, which is apparently trying to be like something that Brody needs to give away stuff, which we got to work on. But uh, all right, instead cool. of on a Thursday – Here's a Friday. Uh, Alex, what did you ask? Uh, the, uh, you went to the Flames game last night. You were in front of the Dome. What did you ask our listeners and the people of Calgary last night? 
Yeah, it was a pretty simple question for the people of Calgary. Just all I wanted to know is what is Tiger Woods's real full name? That's all I okay, needed. Did you did you get it right though? Like you had it right the entire time yourself? I for okay. I I swear I'm psyching myself out, but there's a couple times where I forgot his middle name. Like, and are I had you, to go, are you serious? Yeah, I, I don't I don't know why. Did you not write it down? I did. I'm trying so hard, <laughs> and I'm just I'm I have the yips. I don't know, but mm. it went okay. It went. I didn't butcher it or anything. I didn't say Zajac this time. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's hear it. Fire it up. Let's do it. Getting heated this morning. Would you consider yourself a golf fan at all? Absolutely. All right, all right. Now the pressure is on. All I want to know from you, what is Tiger Woods' full real name? Eldred Woods. Close. Uh, I, I, his guess is as good as mine, honestly. No idea. Uh, his middle name. It was, you guys were talking Elgin or something like that? Elgin? <laughs> Elgin? You're so close. You're so close. Elgin something like, oh, Elroy? Think of a really bad name <laughs> for Tiger Woods. El- it's it's L something I can't remember. You guys were talking about it this morning. I can't remember. What's your name? Brad. All right, Brad. This could be on the show tomorrow. So. Oh, is it really? Yep. Absolutely. Oh, that's yeah. Awesome. That's cool. I listen every day. Nine sixty. What up? <laughs> Not sure. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think his parents saw when, when he came when he was born? What do you, What do you think? Any Any guess? No idea, man. <laughs> Would you consider yourself a golf fan? No. There you go. Okay. So less pressure here. All I'm asking. What's Tiger Woods' real name? Eldrick. You're the first person who said that you're not a golf fan, and you've gotten it. What do I win? You win my my admiration. Tiger Woods That's is a- his real name. I swear it's his real name. <laughs> it has to be. Tiger Woods is Tiger Woods' his real name. It starts with an E. It's uh, something ridiculous. I heard it on the radio this morning. I, I don't remember. It's like a, it's not Elijah. I don't know. That's close. If you had to hazard a guess, if you had to put a name to the face, what would it be? I'm going to go with the greatest name in all of sports which is Jerome McGinley's father's name, Elvis. But oh. I don't think that's oh. close whatsoever. It's actually really close. His name's Eldrick. So- oh, my God. I'm so close. Uh, well, uh, Tiger Eldrick Woods. Eldrick? Eldrick? Yeah, Eldrick's the first name. Do you know his middle name? Uh, starts with T, right? Tom? Tom? Tommy? I don't know. You, you are the closest anyone's been so far. Taunt. <laughs> T-O-N-T, yeah. Man, I could give you his 2,000 record, like 15 <laughs> majors or whatever. Like, such a beast. Brody on the beat. Wow, I'm I got I'm his, impressed. <laughs> a lot of listeners. I like it. I got his accolades tattooed on my arm right here, but I don't know what his name is. That was good. I like that. Uh well done. Alex. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty meta. A lot of so listeners. Alex, what's his what's his full name, Alex, right now? Don't look at it. Eldrick Taunt Woods. Okay. I'm impressed. Uh, good job. Uh, you'll be back on the streets of Calgary next week for another edition of Brody on the Beat. Um, I enjoyed that. Uh, Elvis and Eldrick aren't really close, though. LL. You know, like, that was kind of the route yeah. I was going. Um, I'm surprised that a lot of people didn't know that. He, You can make an argument he's the world's most famous athlete. I think that people like like the, the tiger th- woods Lionel messi ronaldo like world's most famous athletes like the thing like, is right like, there if if his actual name was like adam or steve i think people would be able to get it <laughs> but because it's eldrick i think people are like l it's uh it's something that's not normal like i don't hear it usually um, yeah and i think that maybe throws people off more well, doesn't it make it easier that it is unique 
True, except the tiger is such a unique name in itself yeah. that it just dominates everything else. Like, That's true. Every, it's just in one ear and out the other because we're all focused on just tiger. Uh, great job, uh, Alex. Uh, Brody on the beat. We'll be back next week. I think in its usual slot, Thursday, as uh, Canada's uh, number one radio segment. All right, straight ahead. Luke Gazdick, NHL analyst for Sportsnet, former NHLer. We'll talk about that. Flames, oof, 5-2 loss to the Red Wings last night. He was on the broadcast with Carolyn Cameron. Julie Stewart-Banks, New York Rangers TV host, SNY New York, NBC Sports, Series XM, at the top of the hour. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Your number one spot for Flames coverage can be found on Flames Talk with me, Pat Steinberg. Exclusive interviews, trusted insiders, and the latest news. Listen live weekday afternoons at 4 or stream the Flames Talk podcast on demand. We need we need positivity this morning after that bad 5-2 loss last night to the Detroit Red Wings. Joining us on the line, though, right now, NHL analyst for Sportsnet, former National Hockey Leaguer. On the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, we say good morning to Luke Gazdick. Luke, how are you? I'm great, gents. How are we doing today? Uh, we're good. Uh, people are down on the city of Calgary this morning. I know it's a, it's a long weekend coming up, but that loss last night to the Red Wings, woof, 5-2. Uh, to two. Uh, Wanted to ask you first about the Alan Walsh tweet. Did you see that from last night? Yeah, I actually just read it this morning. Uh, that's wild. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so so you're a guy who played in the room. You played in the NHL. You've been in the room. What would your reaction be when a guy's agent goes out there and, and said what he said? Buddy, you got to fire this guy. That's what I would say to him. But, like, uh, yeah, honestly, I had a quote tweet ready. I, I don't think it's in an agent's place to be going on Twitter and making comments and statements like that. I, I yeah, I wouldn't want my agent doing that if I was playing. I'd just put it that way, I guess. Like, is it embarrassing? I think it is. I, I just stay out of that part of it. I mean, your your job isn't to be on social media and to, you know, be stirring fires on, on social media. Your job is to put them out off the ice and, you know, help your client in any way possible. It's not to be, you know, throwing passive-aggressive tweets like a child on on twitter <laughs> <laughs> it's it's definitely not something we've seen from alan walsh before oh wait checks notes we've definitely seen it from him before but what have you made of the play of jonathan huberto and, and maybe the relationship with daryl sutter it's obviously not working right um I, I just don't know like like even like from alan walsh's perspective did they not look look into this like i i I, I don't know. I know it was a trade, but it, it just seems like it's not working. There's a disconnect. Um, and, you know, the player's just not performing the way we thought he was going to gonna perform, which sucks because, like, they're in the thick of it, this thing right now. Like, they're win right now, so it's just getting more magnified. Um, and, it, yeah, it's, it's a tough situation for him. I think that the biggest question that a lot of fans are asking, especially after the long-term extension was signed in the offseason – is and now that we're at this point, is is this a down year? Is this a career worst year after he had a career best year? Can he get back to the numbers that we're kind of used to seeing in a Huberto career? And my question would be like, do you do you see a way that he can kind of get back to that? Given the not only the the, the line mates, the teammates, and the coaching staff, and all that around him. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, fans have to be a little patient with that. And it's tough to ask fans to be patient with a team that, like I said, needs to win. Um, but the, he's just not playing well. And it's it, it's going to happen, like, to any player in his career. And, yeah, you'd like him to turn it around. But at the end of the day, this guy just might need a nice summer and, a, you know, a full summer of training and just kind of clear his mind and, and come back uh, next season, you know, refreshed and ready to perform. But um it's it's just tough to watch the player right now because you can know he's struggling and, and just doesn't have an iota of confidence and uh the flames are going to need him if they're going to make make a push here um luca i know maddie and i were talking about fun as just alluding to his tweet uh how everything's always negative and not fun and i mentioned the fact that the flames had a lot of fun winning the division last year under daryl sutter i'm sure they did uh, where does fun and winning uh, come into the equation uh, for you as a former player? Have you ever played on teams that maybe you didn't have too much fun, but you still won a lot of games? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I have because you've played on teams that are miserable in the dressing room, but you have a good team where you just you're not you don't have a great squad. It's like I wish I could tell you one team I'm thinking in particular that I played for, but. It, it was just not a great group of guys, but we were just a good team. You know, we weren't really close, which is, is crazy to think. Um, but I went through those years in Edmonton where we didn't win too, where we were just, we were just brutal and piling on losses and playing in a Canadian market like this, man, it it's tough. Like I've been in those dressing rooms where like this morning, those flames guys, they got to go to saddle dome this morning and answer the bell and go get a skate and, watch the video from last night that's probably not great there's probably some clips in there that guys don't want to watch and you know you got to revisit these things in front of the cameras and get ready to play you know an unreal rangers team tomorrow night um so it's about just turning the page but i've, I've walked in that room where it's just you can hear a pin drop you know you usually have music going or t- a tv's on playing highlights and you know the guys are eating breakfast and smiling and I, it's probably just uh you know a little somber in there today but but isn't it a double-edged sword playing in a Canadian market? Yeah, it's tough because the amount of attention and the media attention and the fans care so much in the market. But at the same time, Luke, there's nothing better than winning in the Canadian market, right? 100%. 100%. Even even for a game, man. Like like in Edmonton we we would we would want to win just, you know, one big game on a Saturday night, but you stack these things together and and then, you know, it may, just makes everyone happy. The sponsorship deals come and the fans start coming and, and packing the stands. And uh, it, it's just an unbelievable atmosphere. The whole city gets behind you. And um, that, I mean, that's the best part of it. You're right. It, it, can, it can be the best and the worst thing for, for players and teams. Yeah, and unfortunately, it does feel like it's kind of the worst aspect of that right now for the Flames. Um, but one of the bright spots of the team recently has been the play of Dylan Dubé. And um, you mentioned on the broadcast, have a little bit of uh, you guys cross paths a little bit. Can you just explain what it was like kind of knowing Dubé as a young guy trying to find his way in the in just after getting drafted, I guess? Yeah, so I met Dylan at training camp when I signed up to Flames in 17. And I kind of just had like this instant connection with him I don't know we were just like buddies and he's just like a really nice kid he had a smile on his face all the time and like worked hard worked smart and like I just really liked him as a player he was kind of you know obviously he's smaller but he was kind of a throwback in terms of that he just put his head down and work and didn't say a lot 
where a lot of these new players in the league just don't shut up. Like, that's all they want to do is talk. And it's like, he went to Kelowna, ripped it up, and came to Stockton, you know, after that year. And I think mm. he played six games with us. And he was better, like, he, he was better than I had seen him. He had improved and um, still had that smile on his face. And you could tell he was just learning how to play the pro game because it is an adjustment. There's certain things system-wise and, and, you know, ways you have to play, not just on the ice, but off the ice, the way you carry yourself and, you know, practice times being different and, be, and just being more of a professional. He just got it, you know, like he, he just understood. And it's just really gratifying. I, I wasn't, you know, a teammate for that long, but it's gratifying seeing guys that put in the work, especially in one organization who, you know, he's taken everything trees said and, and ran with it. And, um, you know, I'm sure he's, he's benefiting from having Husky and tail there on the bench as well, having a little bit of familiar familiarity with them um in the minors and yeah it's just nice seeing a player just you know put his head down and, and get rewarded for for his work unbelievable shot last night on on just made lark and just blew by him so it's nice to watch yeah and and like i i'm curious because we saw him win the uh the the physical testing at the beginning of the season like when you saw him come in was he was he one of those guys who took care of his body early on too was really in shape no, and that surprised me. And not saying that he was out of shape, but I think I remember him being. You know what? No one's in bad shape these days. That's the crazy <laughs> thing. So like, you don't you don't notice anyone at camp that's out of shape. It's like, let's say I think in Calgary there's a bike test. I believe it's twelve twelve minutes, something like that. It's yeah. really hard. Um, and like nobody does bad in it, but people just do better than others. So I wouldn't have noticed people, but it, it was it's cool. That that one once again, it's cool to hear that because it's like here's a guy that goes home in the summer and puts in the work. Like he doesn't go in, he's not, you know, being happy about the last year. He's he's hungry for more, and um, it, it's just it, it's cool to see. Luke Gazdick, uh, former NHL or Sportsnet NHL analyst, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show Russick and Rose, nine sixty. The fan, Luke. What does it mean to a team where it feels like seemingly every game, uh, either you're starting or your backup goaltender lets in a softy? Uh, it's tough, especially because there's so much lead up that goes into it. Um, in terms of you know my my game face would start when I got in the truck to go to the rink. So you get in the truck to go to Saddle Dome, like you're ready to go get to the rink, the warm-ups, the meetings, everything's leading up to puck drop. And so when that puck drops, you want every single player to be ready. And, you know, you have to ask that out of your goaltender as well. It's like a player missing a back check on his very first shift or uh, something like, you know, some missing a big block shot or something early. And it's like you, you have to hold guys accountable. And, you know, everybody, that's a big thing that coaches taught me is, like, be ready for puck drop. Like, don't ease yourself into this. Like, let's – Let's not dip our toe in the water. Let's take a cannonball here. And um, it just sucks when you get behind the eight ball that early because it's like then you're just playing from behind. And uh, it just can be tough on, on the psyche. Wanted to ask you as well, um, because we've kind of been doing this uh, as you've joined us for, for your hits here, Luke. But uh, I always like to peruse hockey fights and, and kind of take a look <laughs> at, what, at what you've been what – what you've done over the course of your career and 
Um, I was looking back at 2013-14 when you had 15 fights in the NHL, and uh, they've got you credited with 11 wins that year, which is very impressive, so congratulations. But there was one against Brian McGratton that was uh, in a November game in the middle of this Saddle Dome ice that I'm wondering if you remember. How could I forget? Um, yeah, it was my first. Uh, it was my first Battle of Alberta, and um, it was hockey night. It was at Sat. I believe it was hockey night in Canada, um, and we were down one nothing. And Gratz is a guy that I have watched for for a decade. Right, yeah. I remember him fighting tied only here when I was living. In, I live in Toronto here, and um i've watched tons of his fight clips and and but leading up to it i knew that he was a guy that after i had fought could be like you know that guy's the kids for real you know like i wanted to yeah. make my mark and i wanted those i wanted those challenges so i knew he was going to be big and strong so you know we jumped on and it's funny in the clip because lance boma had like run over and need one of our defensemen and i didn't even know that like people thought this fight was in relation to it in the stands maybe, but it wasn't at all. I just jumped on the ice. I gave him a top. I said, Hey, big boy, you want to go? And he's like, he's like, Did, I don't even think he had a word. Just, just uh, drop the gloves. And you guys know this watching flames hockey and watching Gratz when he did, he, instead of holding your fists up like a boxer, you know, uh, before a fight, he would put his hands on his pants, like on his hockey pants and then stare up at you. And it is the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. <laughs> so I'm standing, my my, and my brother says this. My brother lives in Martelloup, and he always says, uh, he's like, it was the most scared I've ever for, been for you in a hockey rink. And, and there I am, like, on a Saturday night, like, looking Brian McGratton in the eye while he's got, he's looking down, but looking back up at me, and we're at center ice. And, um, it was terrifying, and I just remember grabbing on, and like he was just so strong. It was the strongest like a like a fighter or a man had like ever grabbed me by the collar. He he just like could move me around, and I hung in there. Like I mm-hmm. he won he won the fight, but like I hung in there, and I would have loved another another round. I think of that. I don't think I ever played against him again. Mm. I think for like I think we were just in and out of the lineup, or but. It was over a minute, and I got in a couple late, like around the 45-second mark, and then, like, probably towards the end, like, I hit him hard, and he just ate them. And, uh, yeah, the benches were up, and I I remember he grabbed my head, and I just said, uh, what did I say? I I, I said, thanks for the scrap, Gratz. And he said, said, good job, kid, good job. (laughs) And, um, yeah, we went to the box, and it was pretty great. It was unreal. It was just like... those are those fights where after it's done you don't care if you lose like you're just like the exhale in the in the box and you're like man all right let's go play some hockey now kind of thing what about whenever he could grab you by the collar and that left hand would just go with the little punches while he had you on the collar like that looked like it kind of threw guys off a bit yeah and so I think you could see in the fight, like my, my thought process, I'm trying to get away from it. Right. So I try to start moving yeah. and try to move his feet. And I mean, people are like, Oh, they're just little rabbit punches. Like those things don't hurt. Like, yeah, they hurt, man. They hurt a lot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just cause you have adrenaline and they don't look hard. Like you're, yeah, you're getting punched in the face. Uh, and it, it's such a good way for him to counter and use his hands and yeah. be able to control, to control like his opponent. 
And I was just like, you know, in my head, I was like, I'm not going to let him do that. You know, like get moving and get more aggressive. And in my head, I'm just like, maybe you need to throw more. So I started throwing my rights and, uh, yeah. And then thankfully he got tired and, uh, and that was it. Yeah, that was it. That was a doozy. Yeah, that was a doozy for sure. Man, I've sat beside him in the press box and he's got hands like telephone books. So just like to, <laughs> to go in there and stand with him, like, well done. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. No, he's not a small human, that's for sure. <laughs> um, Luke Gazdick, NHL analyst, uh, former um, NHLer, uh, joining us. Luke, terrific stuff. Thanks for this. And uh, go read that Alan Walsh tweet a few more times, okay? Just to, just to be... Yeah, I will. Tough I'm, working one to take on this I'm working on Sportsnet tonight, so uh, who knows? Probably going to be on the big board tonight anyway, so we'll see. All right. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, Luke. Great job. Okay, guys. Have a great day. Uh, there's Luke Gazdick on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Park guest hotline. Using the same secret recipe since 1975, down in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Take out or delivery at 403-248-3344. Yeah, it's just rabbit punches. Don't worry yeah. about it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's fine. And, like, listen, yeah, there's certain guys that start doing those little punches, and you're like, that's not really doing anything. That's just maybe tiring them out, if anything. But, like, yeah. this video, those those are not like, rabbit punches. Those are... No. Those are basically just, haymakers from three inches off your chin, so... And, like, working with some guys that you have played in the NHL, like, the amount of time I spent with Rick Natras... And just watching, like looking at his hands, and just Dude, just wondering how much that would hurt to get punched in the face by Rick Natras. Like, like just when I say Brian McGratton has hands like telephone books, like that is not <laughs> much of an understatement. Like, they, could he tear a telephone book too? They probably. Like yeah. you'd be up there, and you'd have like your little cup of coffee or whatever, and mine would look normal, and his would look like a one ounce shot glass. Would 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 like when Brian when when he holds like a pop can? Does it look like the mini pop can, but it's a real pop can? Yeah, it's like whenever Andre the Giant held any beers or anything like that, and you're like, that's yes. a thimble for the guy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> scary stuff. Um, all right, uh, we've got an hour to go. Um, our intern John's gonna have the crazy flame stat. We're still taking your text messages. Nine sixty, nine sixty. Name and location. The Flames have yet to win when trailing heading into the third this season. I have a better chance of blank than the Flames do for a comeback win. Julie Stewart-Binks on this matchup with the Rangers straight ahead. Derek Wills, the voice of the Flames, too. One more hour to go. Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan.